Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. He's back. Hey, Dem Pete, or rather, I'm back. Hey, Bim. Long time no see. <laughs> You've been away. Every time you go away, you blame me for being away and why I'm not on the podcast. That's why you're, uh, <laughs> it's usually you. all the extending universe. It is usually me, but I'm, I'm a prepper. I sort of get cans of crisp broad and I hide them in my little nuclear shelter for later. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's been good, man. I'm uh, I'm currently rocking uh, a, a, a big elbow, uh, the people's elbow, I like to call it. Um, it's 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 become infected. I've got um, sepsis bursitis oh, no. or something, uh, and it's been giving me the fevers, been giving me the chills. So I'm on oh, antibiotics. Shit. But I hear Chris, you're also uh, a little pooly boy, and you're also on antibiotics. So this is the antibiotic special. What antibiotics are you on? I'm on the classic OG penicillin. What have you gone for, Chris? <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. It's called like oh. flux. It might be fluxacillin or something. Japanese like drugs. Scare the hell out of me. They're so like difficult to decipher. But like, right, yeah, we're yeah. both on antibiotics. What are the odds? How exciting is that? Oh, gosh. I mean, connected in more not ways. Very than exciting, one. but exciting for us no. because how, does do, do antibiotics do anything? Like, do, do they make you feel any different? I know they they got rid of my fever and I felt a lot better after them. But I, I thought I was expecting a bit of a buzz. I was expecting my feet to tingle. I think if anything, it's bad because it it literally just wipes out. It's like a genocide of your gut bacteria, right? Which right, are very okay. important, one of the most important parts of your body. So they not all mine. die off. They're terrible. I want them out. <laughs> well, mine aren't probably get rid good of either. My gut bacteria. <laughs> Apparently, like, gut bacteria are insane. Like they dictate so much about our lives, and they're so yeah. complex. And like, mm. if you eat like crap food, like McDonald's every day, like I do, then your gut bacteria are awful, and they crave more McDonald's, right? Whereas right. if you eat healthier food, it makes you more healthy. So hopefully, by having this <laughs> like gut cord. bacteria, well, you're having this like gen- genocide of my insides, I can replace <laughs> the old gut bacteria that like Happy Meals and Big Macs yeah. and replace it with lettuce, like gut bacteria that like lettuce and whatnot. So I mean, that is, I mean, they do Dr. say Chris. that the stomach is a second brain, but I do think it may be. Uh, a little bit of dereliction of duty to be <laughs> to be throwing everything over to your gut bacteria. It's not good, but like, yeah, my I'm deaf in my right ear at the moment. It's uh, yeah. it's not fun having like an infection in your ear. It's yeah, it's been a really like rough week, and it's been my birthday this week, and like my birthday was me just nursing my ear, feeling in pain, taking painkillers. <laughs> I haven't had a very good birthday Chris. in years. IRL, it was, yeah. Your birthday was yesterday. How how did you celebrate it? Just taking painkillers? Just taking just, antibiotics? Pretty much. 
I did go out for dinner. I did go out for dinner, but like nice. my my ears because the pressure was so weird on my ears, I couldn't hear what the waiter or waitress was saying, and I just didn't know what was going on. It's very disorientating having very like dangerous horse sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have misordered, but like it's it's very disorientating having only one functioning ear. Like you get quite mm. dizzy. You don't know what's going on. It might yeah. have been the wine as well that also contributed to that. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, it was it was a weird birthday. I haven't had a good birthday in many years. Um, my 30th birthday was alone in a room doing a live show because of COVID yeah. and everyone locked inside. I don't remember what I did last year. Probably just rolled around on a floor and now burst eardrum. I hope it gets yeah. better though. I'm not an ear doctor. Um, I've been looking online. Apparently it can take anywhere between weeks and months. So I don't enjoy... I'm, I'm just not in a good place with my ear. Does, does you, does it, sucks, yeah, man. This could be a turning point for you. There's a fork in the road, <laughs> Chris. And you could go down the left road and you could go to the grave. Or you could go down the right road what is this? and recover from your hefty earring. It's not what you want to hear after your birthday, is it? You could, you could go to the grave on your yeah. 32nd birthday. It's my birthday well, next week, Chris. I mean, we're, all, we're, oh, we're, yeah. both, little, we're both little Taurus, Taurus April boys, aren't we? We are. What did you get me for my birthday, Pete? Tell everyone. What did you get me? What are you getting me for my birthday? Well, it's not your birthday yet, is I've it? I've not had time to do anything. All I've done is go back. Oh, my God, Chris. I did this job, right, for a video game company. Holy shit, right? <laughs> I had to do a speech that was about four lines long into a camera, <laughs> and I'll be damned if I could remember how to fucking do it. I, I honestly four lines. debased myself. Four lines. It was, hi, I'm here with this free runner and this night runner expert. Uh, I'll do it now. And uh, we're going to be trying to find out which can be completed quicker. Either a night runner trial inside a, insert X video game, or a custom free running course. An amazing free running course that is uh, based to based on the video game itself. Uh, let's find out who's going to be best. Uh, some <laughs> man's arms or some man's legs, right? And that's all I have to say. Right. And I could not, for the life of me, get that out. Down a camera lens, I was I was tired, I was a little bit sunburned, and I could not do my job. And I embarrassed myself in front of the client, I embarrassed oh, myself in front of a drone operator, and I embarrassed myself uh, in front of two friends who uh, run the cameras. And I, I was just terrible, Chris. I felt like running away. What do you do in your, when you're in that situation, looking down a camera lens, and you cannot get anything out? Well, I just throw rocks at the camera. I mean, I, maybe you had like heat stroke or sunstroke if you were sunburned, right? I just come back from Okinawa, and I spent at least two thirds of it feeling exactly like what you've just described, right? Because <laughs> I was sunburned and out of it. And when you get in that state of mind, it's just hard for the words to flow naturally. You know, yeah. there's a certain time of day as well where I'm at my peak. I tend to record my videos at like 4 p.m., about three or four hours after lunch. If I do it there and then, I have a coffee. I can bash out a whole script really quickly, really fast. If I record in the morning or if I record after dinner where my blood sugar's gone up the gone, gone wild because of all the food, I suck and I can't do it. So there's so many factors yeah. in presenting. Like, I have a lot of respect for people that present professionally because I can't do it outside of those special, like, parameters. So maybe you just... Ate too much pasta. Right, I don't I know. Got, what well, what did she do? So I tried to do it before. I tried to do it before, before lunch. I said I wasn't being able to nail it. I nailed it once, and the wind was too high, and it just it just. Oh. <clears throat> and then, which was annoying. And then uh, they went. Do you want to get some lunch? I was like, yes, let's get some lunch. And then straight after lunch, I'm fucking sleepy, and I'm just You're foggy. Naturally. 
And I'm just, oh, God, it's a nightmare. It was so embarrassing, Chris. I'm so sorry to the people I embarrassed myself in front of. Everything else was fine. I can ad-lib until the bloody cows <laughs> come home. But if I have to remember the words dying like two and X uh, and, like two, uh, eh? NVIDIA GeForce Now and NVIDIA GeForce RTX, I cannot remember those words <laughs> ever. Did you get fired from the job? No, it, it was a good. It was a fun job. We went all the way into a uh, like a disused sort of army base that's going to be knocked Bloody down hell. soon. Full of asbestos, loads of uh, just just loads of. There was this drone operator, right? He's just kind of like young young kid, and he honestly, Chris, you're a you're a dronesman yourself. This guy oh, yeah. was flinging these tiny little drones down fucking pipes through windows. It oh, was wow. incredible what he was doing. POV he was drone. Doing it for six months. He was he was he was a proper absolute don of like so he was so i was um there was a video game uh, uh, uh speedrunner who was trying to finish a level as quickly as possible and he was going mm. up against a free runner who was going over a course that was designed to be exactly like the dying light 2 uh, ah. trial and it was really cool and this this little free runner kid was like just fucking legging it and spinning around and and flipping off stuff and that and uh yeah and i was just there i was just there underwhelming by just fucking how did you up. how did you screw up your elbow then what happened Oh, uh... Did you fall down the stairs, was it? it? I think I just bashed right. it, taking the bins out. Just bashed it, taking the bins <laughs> out, and I, uh... You've just described, and, like, this uh... this really dangerous scene of, like, someone running around a disused military base. I thought maybe you were like, yeah, I'll join in, and then you did it. No, he was taking the bins out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, I've that. dropped the bin! <laughs> yeah, but all, I'd already done that, but, like, I, I already had, like, a big, fat elbow that was fucking agonising, and so they had these crash mats out, and I was like, I'll have a go at that, and this kid was jumping off this roof, and I was like, I'll jump out this window into the crash mats that'll be cool and i filmed myself uh and the the jump looks relatively cool like i do my own stunts but the two minutes where i'm lying on the crash mat going oh me elbow oh me elbow <laughs> <laughs> so old so Did rubbish you, but and as he uh, laid there time was had by all <laughs> as he laid there on the floor realizing you were 40 years old and yeah, that you're too old for fun you can't have fun <laughs> too anymore old for fun, too old for that terrible that'll be Never me in mind. eight years time well, I'm glad you've had uh, as action-packed a week as I've had, yeah. almost. <laughs> but we paid for our, we suffer for our art, whether it's doing we a voiceover do. for dying light adverts or being projected off a jet, like being launched off a jet ski at 40 miles an hour. <laughs> it's a, t- it's what we do. It's what we do, guys. But looking forward to the videos. I, oh god, I can't wait to edit that. Yeah, relive <laughs> the magic, relive the pain. We got a story this week, though. From Zoe, from the land of tea and Yorkshire puddings. I'm guessing that's... Ooh. Is that America? Is, no, is that the UK, surely? Uh, a up Chris, A up Pete. Zoe here from Halifax. Not the one in Canada, but the bleak town in West Yorkshire, in England. Here's my story for my second three-week trip to Japan with my fiancé in early 2020. Oh, we left just days before Japan stopped the flights. Maybe, Zoe, nice you were on the flight with Pete Donaldson. He was on the last yeah, flight maybe. out of Saigon. Yeah. Uh, we began we began our trip in Tokyo, spending a couple of days in Akihabara before heading west to explore Japan in peak winter mode. Anyway, having exhausted the arcades, the tech markets and the figurine shops, we stumbled into one of Japan's many adult <laughs> adult stores. I needn't explain some of the things nestled away on the LED lit shelves. We just continued up the five floors in this megastore, finding that the level of strangeness increased with the altitude of each floor. I already think I know which one this is. If it's in Akihabara, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. As me and my fiance began our ascent up the final set of stairs, we heard an inaudible shout from the middle-aged male cashier just seconds before he yanked me down the two steps I'd climbed by the strap on my backpack. Bloody hell. Resulting in a painful twisted ankle for the next few days. He began to shout in Japanese and furiously pointed at a sign on the wall at the bottom of the stairs, which I happened to miss. The blue tack A4 paper sign at the typical woman's toilet door mini skirt clip art, which had been crudely crossed out using a red biro. I suppose the universal sign for no women allowed. I was obviously confused as along came an assistant who spoke better broken English than I did broken Japanese, and they began explaining to me the top floor is for men only. I know exactly where this store is. Everyone always goes here. This is in Akihabara. Uh, his reason for this was that Japanese men <laughs> are very shy, much more shy than men from other countries. And in Japan, women are not allowed to see what they are looking at. <laughs> what a load of shit. Therefore, this shop had banned women from the top floor and went to the lengths of pulling you down the stairs by your backpack as not to make the men on the top floor feel embarrassed. I didn't argue. I simply let my fiancé go up there so he could report back on the secret contents of the male-only floor. Turns out there are no customers up there and just of your run-of-the-mill and Summers-esque items. Thankfully, this was my only awkward run-in during my time in Japan, but it was certainly memorable. My question to you guys is, are Japanese men truly this repressed, or do you think this shop was going a bit over the top? And have you ever come across crude, no-women-allowed signs? Is there much visible gender segregation in Japan? Keep being awesome. Zoe, from the land of tea and Yorkshire puddings. I know, yeah, so I know where this shop is, right? It's literally... <laughs> Right next to, and I'm not some sort of creepy weirdo who just wanders into the sex, shop, sex shops of Japan. Am I Pete? Back me up here. You, Back me you up. Sometimes get confused at like in yeah. the words of Principal Skinner. I only went here to find out how to get away from here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But this yeah. this shop, I don't know what it's called. Uh, everyone goes there. It's like one of the three things you do in Akihabara, uh, yeah. which is take a selfie look at a figurine and then go in the sex shop one of the three things and it's it's it, it's not that like hardcore or anything it's mainly a lot of lot of mm. bondage stuff funny clothes oddly shaped paraphernalia and condoms nothing too harsh but you get to the top floor and no women are allowed up there um i don't think i've ever gone in there with any female friends it must be a bit you know it must be a bit annoying feeling left out but the thing is, is there's nothing up there of actual value it's just weird condoms Shiny. and things Although no, actually, I know I know what there is up there. Spoilers, uh, it's dolls, sex dolls. Uh, and that's it, right, really. Okay. Apparently, they don't want people, women, seeing guys buy those, which I find right. odd, really, because you can access every other level of the store, which is rammed to the, you know, rammed full of questionable items. And then there's Don Quixote, right? The shop that yeah. has everything. They've got their own sort of adult section. Uh, and everyone's allowed in there. They don't segregate. They don't discriminate. So I think this shop goes a little bit over the top, really. It's a little bit weird. I I, I don't get it, and I think it's a bit over. The, I also think it's a bit ridiculous that she, uh, that Zoe got yanked down the stairs. That's <clears throat> never happened assault. to me in Japan. Vi yeah, effectively, mm. assault has happened here. Yeah. So lots of things to unpack there. Have you been to this shop? Do you know it? Boys club. Um, I've been to one of the. <clears throat> I've been to those shops where it's like comics and figures and then there's one uh, floor that's uh, costumes <clears throat> where actually no boys are allowed because uh, it's uh, like um, lasses um, uh, cosplay and stuff but then oh, the next right. floor is absolute grot 
where no women are allowed. And it's it's just you go like you can sometimes get out of a lift and just be very surprised mm. at uh, how things get ramped up. Let's say, but uh, I mean this this sounds pretty pretty fucking perfect, doesn't it? <laughs> It does, it does. It's worth a stop, though. It's quite fun going in there and watching these like awkward Japanese couples just look at things and question whether they should buy it or not. That's, that alone is a is a worthy tourist attraction. It's a, it's a fun thing to do in Akihabara. <laughs> I told you the other day, right, I was in Akihabara, and they got rid of the Sega sign over the road, and it just looks so yes. weird. It looks they perverted. Because for films, they rebrand it, don't they, famously? But yeah, that's, uh, that was a real surprise. That sort of uh, disappeared. If you look wow. at the um, if you look at the trailer for Bullet Train with Brad Pitt coming out soon, looks like quite a good film. Even though none of it was shot in Japan, there's a there's a shot of Akihabara and they've replaced the old Sega sign with the Sony logo. Very cheeky, but uh, yeah, now it's it's just gone and it feels oh, was, was none just, of this just lame. shot in Japan then? Nah, it's all shot on like a a lot in LA. Can you blame uh. them? Every film company, anyone who's ever made a film in Japan. You always hear a quote, they're like, I'm not doing that again. Like Ridley Scott shot uh, Black Rain in Osaka. And he, yeah. <laughs> by the end of it, he was like, I'm never coming to Japan again. I'm not doing this. Like, because it's just so stressful. It's so much more right. difficult to make a film in Japan. Uh, right, so, yeah, yeah, it was just all shot on a back lot, oh, so to be fair. And they'll just have second units doing, uh, doing, you know, doing the film. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's interesting. I guess it's all set on... So I'll sit on a train, isn't it? I suppose because I was like, really yeah, exactly. annoyed that they that it's one rule for Hollywood stars and, and another rule for the man who wants coolish. <laughs> <laughs> and I've noticed actually, Chris, that um, obviously they've they've opened up to uh, selected students and workers and stuff like that. So mm. I am getting what can only be described as a torrent of coolish content in my. Uh, Twitter timeline. People, there's this new coolish that uh, these little kind of puff pastry <laughs> things with 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 coolish in the middle that people are taunting me with for crying out loud. <laughs> surely, they'll let me in for some soon. Surely, <laughs> surely, surely. I, we'll have to get you a business visa or a student. Can't you just come here as a student? Can't you study Japanese for like a month or two or three, <laughs> yeah, and maybe. then just run away from the school? I think you'd have to prove that you're actually going to the school though if you do do that. And it would, the charade would be up pretty fast. Donnie's coming to school. Donnie's gone to school. He's hung over again. Oh <laughs> she did it. That'll be fun. When you've retired from the world of podcasts, come to Japan, learn the language. But before that, <laughs> tell us, Mr. Dawson, what is the news of the week? Oh, Chris, you won't be privy to this, but uh, on the front page of Netflix in the UK and presumably the mm. US and other territories too, uh, there is a. Uh, th- th- there is a there is a uh, Netflix show and it's called mm-hmm. Old Enough. Are you familiar with Old Enough? I know nothing about Old Enough. What is it? <laughs> so it's a TV show, right, where uh, they make kids do stuff, right? Toddlers, <laughs> <Very> two-year-olds, <laughs> three-year-olds. Uh, the first uh, episode is a boy who has to go to a supermarket and pick up three things. Curry, mm. some I don't know, some rice and 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 and, and some and some uh, milk or whatever. Uh, and so, basically, they they take this rural town, and they sort of kind of block it off. They hide cameramen and camera women all around the town. They uh, have people hiding in the shadows and stuff so that this child can't see. Uh, and he's filmed from the start of the journey to the end of the journey. Right, going huh. to get to the supermarket and then back again. Right. And he's never in danger. He's never, ever in danger. But he, they just film him trying to figure out 
how to do quite an adult task. Uh, oh, that's the, cool. the trailer, the, the trailer that comes up on Netflix is a kid who's delivering a lot of fish. And he drops the fish, and they're all over <laughs> the floor. Like and he's thinking about, he's wondering about whether to um, put the fish back in the box, or just call someone, or or just give up the entire quest. It is amazing. My favourite episode is where this kid goes to a uh, this this kid uh, has to his mam and his mam uh, I think works or indeed co-owns a mandarin plantation, and <laughs> all and he's got a go back to the house and make a load of mandarin juice for his family for his kid uh, for, for for his grandma and his granddad and, and, and the mum um so he's got to walk for like a mile to get back to the house and then he right. gets home and then he's got to make the mandarin juice basically <laughs> what an um, errand what an so errand watching this kid watching this kid on a secret camera just walking back to the house get distracted play with his toys I can draw on the wall or whatever. He just gets distracted, and then and then his mum rings him up and said, "Have you got the mandarin juice yet?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, shit, the mandarin juice." And he's and he <laughs> and he makes a, a little bit of mandarin juice, and then he goes back. It's brilliant, and so, but it's, and, and 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 it's a really kind of like for any parent, it's quite emotional because you're watching mm. these kids doing quite adult things and sort of growing up and stuff, and and the and the effect it has on the parents themselves. They're never in danger. They they they're watched and stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's called um, first errand, I think, in uh, in uh, in J- Japan. Hajimete no Atsukai, first errand, uh, hugely uh, right. popular in Japan, and they've basically just shoved it into a. It's NHK, I think, isn't it? Or, 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 so, well, yeah, what you've just described—I thought I'd heard about this before. Yeah, this is yeah. this was a this is a Japanese TV show called Hajimete no Otsukai, uh, yeah. as you said, first errand. And I've 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 seen this a few times. Yeah, they'll send a kid to go and get like a toothbrush, and then the yeah. kid will like bumble down the street alone, <laughs> like a five or six year old, and he'll talk to random strangers. And it's quite a unique show. It's quite popular here. Uh, yeah. it's, it's one that those shows that. I remember first discovering when I came here, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I came home after yeah. school one day, just sitting in my, sitting on my tatami mat floor, watching this little kid just walk around trying to buy things alone down a street. <laughs> kind of unique Japanese content, so it's kind of one of those yeah. things that I think is a good export. You know, better than Maria Kondo and her throw it away if you don't need it nonsense. This is this yeah. is the sort of TV show we should be getting out of Japan, as long as as, oh, as well as Takeshi's like- Castle, of course. My partner could not give a, a, a flying fuck about Japan at all, and even she, <laughs> after the second episode that I forced her to watch, she, even she was like looking up from a, a phone and she's like, "Oh, oh no, <laughs> mandarin juice! He's gonna make. He's not made enough mandarin juice. He's not putting enough sugar in there. <laughs> it was so good. It's such a cool show, but it is. It has become a bit of a sensation over in the UK, so everyone's mm. getting very excited about it. But as as you know, as I said, it's it's been. Uh, it's been running for like fucking thirty years in Japan, and and for some reason it's it's just broken through. What what's the issue then? That people just are worried seeing kids just wander around alone, kind of thing. I think Something people like are just a little bit. I think the way it's filmed, it looks like this kid is. I mean, sometimes the kid has to walk for a mile to get to where he needs to <laughs> yeah, be. And 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 the way Japanese kids are, are kind of treated, I think, is uh, is in Japan is slightly different because you know it's halfway around the bloody world to, to Western taste and stuff. And mm. and this kid is just so, you know, and and, and so the, the whole the, the new story that, that, that we're sort of um, taking this from, they're just kind of going. Whoa! This show has become a global hit overnight, almost, and it and it's all because it was just on the front front page of uh, Netflix, really, and uh, uh, and everyone's getting very excited about it. So I I think there's enough 
back catalogue to satisfy people's uh, interest in this game. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting little experiment, I think. And a bit, but the preparation it takes for the production company, the production crew, to kind of make these things happen, like they have to research for months. They have to make sure mm. there's no suspicious people uh, being reported in the area. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. It's 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 really hilarious how much work goes into. You know, one kid's trip to a supermarket to buy a bit of fucking tablet curry. <laughs> <laughs> a trip worth taking. Yeah, yeah. I have to check well, it out. I have to check out the exported version of the show. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Only ten minutes. Each episode is ten minutes long. It's perfect, like having your tea kind of uh, kind of telly. I think. I think they should send the kids on real challenges, like bring me the head of the bald eagle, like bring me, bring me the lost treasure of of, of Glasgow. <laughs> they should do it a UK version where the kids get really put through it. But that's pretty cool. All right, old enough. I'll check yeah. it out. It's a nice little cool. contribution there to Netflix. Uh, sounds good. Old enough. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in a moment, help. guys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment, guys, with the fax machine with your comments, questions, and stories this week. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash Japan. Now we're back with the fax machine. What do we got this week from our listeners? Mr. Dawson. We got a message from Stuart. My dad's name, but he spells it differently. Uh, he's from <laughs> London. And my question is about over-tourism. I heard Chris mention the problems of over-tourism in places like Osaka and Kyoto in one of his Journey Across Japan videos. And the idea of visiting a shrine swamped by tourists with cameras doesn't sound like much fun. How bad would you say the problem is? Uh, not very bad at the moment, you imagine. And can you remember any underrated, less touristy places to head to outside tourism? Tokyo. Well, I mean, yeah, if you go to Tokyo, if you go to anywhere in Tokyo, really, or Kyoto, like, you're going to experience over tourism. When Japan opens, or certainly before the pandemic, it, it was rough. Um, I'll never forget the first time I went to the, I think it was King Kakuji Temple, the pavilion, and, uh, yeah. God, just a sea of people, the, the clicking of camera phones. It's a tragedy, like, Kyoto, before the pandemic, I didn't really enjoy it. 
because you are battling against all the tourists. Uh, Kyoto is a big city, but not as big as Tokyo. And the the sort of tourists that descend on the city are much more condensed than Tokyo. So in Tokyo, you can still get lost and you'll, you won't see any other tourists for a long time. But Kyoto, every little back street is crammed full of uh, of tourists. And right. yeah, I've I've definitely enjoyed it during the pandemic for that reason. I've enjoyed going to Kyoto uh, for the first time ever. And I feel like that's probably the best thing that's come out, the only good thing that's come out of the pandemic for me has been experiencing Kyoto like that. But at the same time, most of Japan is underrated. Most of Japan isn't touristy. Lots of the places I've traveled to and I explore and I share with you guys on the Abroad Japan channel, whether it's North Japan or Shikoku or Kyushu, you don't see many tourists in those places. Outside of Tokyo, Kyoto and Osaka, the number of tourists plummet massively and you will have all of Japan to yourself. So just bear that in mind. Did you, I mean, have you, have you ever found that to be a problem, Pete? Have you ever found Japan to be over-touristy to the point it's ruined your experiences I mean, uh, travelling here? Where's that uh, big golden pa- uh, golden temple, the golden palace? Is that uh, Kyoto? Kyoto. Kyoto, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like, invariably you start at, with any tourist uh, trap. You start at one um, point and you... And you uh, get to the to the other side of it. I, I don't think it really detracts from it. I think it's. I, I've never had a problem with. Uh, I've never had a problem with an abundance of tourists. If you want to go off the beaten track, get in a bloody train. Don't worry about it. I, I, I don't know why people. It's this gatekeeping thing, though, isn't it? It's kind of like oh, it's my Japan. I want my special. It's my Japan. I don't want. And you I do get weirdly territorial. To... <laughs> I I found that if I if I used to see another like foreigner out in Yamagata, I'd be like, get out! You don't belong here. It's mine. This is my slice of Japan. I think you're right, but at the same time, with Kyoto, when you go into a shrine or a temple, right, where well, you're supposed yeah. to sort of relax and be in the moment and be at calm and peace, and you hear oh, yeah. someone going, "We need to hurry up. We've got to get those burgers. Get a photo quick. And let's fuck it up." Like when you hear something like that and you hear the the, the sound of a thousand iPhone shutters, it ruins it. It yeah. takes you out of the experience my advice get up bloody early if you if you go to kyoto get up at like six o'clock in the morning no tourists get up before six or seven you'll have the city to yourself it's busy after like 9 p.m sorry it's busy after 9 a.m if you get up yeah. before that you'll have the city to yourself and uh it'll be a lot more enjoyable for it uh we got one here from robin b who says hello big bear chris big bear chris, big bear chris. and slender pete to be fair, yes. I've put a lot of weight. My BMI is off the charts. They're going to have to oh, redefine Chris, keep, the BMI. Keep, honestly, I was, I was doing this yesterday. I, I caught sight of my big old beer belly uh, in the in the mirror, and I laughed. I'd keep on seeing how fat I am, and I'd just keep <laughs> on laughing. It's really <laughs> funny. I'm past the point of laughter and slowly edging towards despair. despair. Uh, <laughs> hello, Big Bear Chris, Slender Pete. As a trans woman, I've often taken into account the culture and views towards gender and identity when picking places to travel. I was wondering what the general views towards trans and other LGBTQ plus people are in Japan. Would it be safe for me to travel alone? Have you met many LGBTQ plus people on your travels? Love and hugs from Birmingham. UK, Robin. I mean, I don't... I, I, yeah, it's safe to travel alone. I don't think that's an issue. Um, Japan's a very safe country. And while the LGBTQ plus community is sort of under the radar in Japan, and, you know, yeah, you, you have to sort of know where to look to find the community, I find. Uh, it is a lot more hidden in Japan, I think, just because... Yeah. They're not really prepared for it yet. Although certain districts in Tokyo 
uh, allow uh, gay marriage now, which is awesome, and it's it's slowly getting there. But I don't think it'll get to the point where it'll detract from your trip to Japan. I don't think it'll be like that. Um, I, yeah, I, think I don't really don't think it'll be an issue. Japan, Japan has a, a, a great reputation of, of just leaving people the fuck alone, which a lot of places uh, don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, you never. It's never going to be. A, like I'm not going to say it's never going to be an issue, but I'm just saying that people do keep themselves to themselves. So you probably know if people have an issue, you're never going to hear about it. So don't worry about it. I, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I really, th- I really don't think you're going to have too many issues traveling around at all. I think Japan's probably one of the better countries for that. So uh, yeah, there. go ahead, Robin. As we've always said with uh, with, with uh, minorities or, or, or um, protected groups, like it's a different story. Yeah, visiting it's you know obviously and and again we're not we're not from those groups so so we just can't possibly know. Yeah, exactly. I do, but I do think living here, yeah, different kettle of fish. It would be a little bit more complicated just because the country's so sort of far behind on those on those issues. Indeed. Uh, right, got a message from <laughs> Daniel was that? from London. I, <laughs> I muted. I muted my mic Fuck as I it. as I Fuck scrolled down up. my. I've got a very oh, good right. keyboard. Edit point. Um, edit dear point. Dear Chris it? and Pete. No way. Dear Chris and Pete. Search engines won't tell me what happens to the monkeys when they inevitably have to get out of the onsen in the middle of winter. What stops them becoming little monkey icicles? <laughs> they can't stay in all winter. They need to get uh, food or go to the bathroom, or their little mo- monkey fingers will get all pruney. Um, you're both experts on this. They've, uh, Daniel from London has, dis- has, uh, has decided. <laughs> Pete is, of course, the UK's top monkey enthusiast. Uh, worked at a monkey zoo and has a monkey island tattoo. Chris does wacky weekends with a monkey and gets lots of semi-exposure. <laughs> uh, what are your well-informed onsen monkey theories? Why don't they freeze? All the best, Daniel from London. Why don't they freeze, Chris? I don't know if I can dignify this with a response. I'm not a monkey expert. I know nothing about monkeys. All I know is don't go to the Jigokudani monkey park outside a bloody winter because you won't see the damn monkeys. I travelled all the way there for Journey Across Japan too, climbed up a fucking mountain, and they were all off like having dinner, eating scallops in the mountains. Yeah. They weren't there, right? Uh, but they are there in winter, and you get a lot more lucky. Um, so bear that in mind. Yeah. Any thoughts on monkeys, Pete? <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, they're just hardy fuckers, aren't they? I mean, they live in they're they're covered in fur and they live in uh, they live and and they're probably they're probably quite good at drying off, give themselves a little shake. I don't really know. I mean, you probably don't want to be hanging around with too much uh, water on you when you're running through the trees uh, when it's uh, minus twenty or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't really know. How would monkeys? How do monkeys keep uh, keep warm in really cold environments? You'd have to ask them. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean they're pretty furry. The fur must just dry out. I suppose it's a good question though. It, 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 it does get to like minus twelve degrees Celsius in that area. So when yeah. they get out, you know, they could die. That'd be a really horrible sight, wouldn't it? Just loads of dead monkeys at the monkey park, frozen to death. But don't worry, the monkeys live, and it's a wonderful place, and you should definitely go there. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in, guys, to abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail dot com. We'll be back later in the week to do it later again. But for now, no matter where you might be. Out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days, and we'll be right back here to do it all over again on the Orange Pan Podcast. Bye for now. Frozen.
production and part of the Acast Creator Network.